On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. You're listening to Tall Can Audio. I have something to say to you! Here's your host. The issue here, sir, is that everyone fucking hates you. Matt Robinson. What's happening, everybody? Welcome inside an all-new episode of Tall Can Audio. This is number 983 as we continue to inch closer to 1,000 for the Tall Can Audio podcast. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio. Give us a follow there. Uh, we'll keep you up to date with uh, everything that's uh, that's coming up, and, and we love to hear what you guys think about these shows. And uh, make sure you're subscribed wherever you're hearing us right now. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Pods, whatever you got going on, there's a follow button, there's a subscribe button. Hit it. You're going to love it. We'll keep the good stuff coming for you. Uh, we're going to talk some fights today, and uh, I love doing these shows. Uh, happy to be welcoming back to the show our buddy Steve Bundes here. How's it going, man? Hey, Matt. How's it going? It's good. It's good. I'm happy to be back. Big card. Things are going well. The Stanley Cup's been awarded. It's time to focus on baseball and UFC for the summer. I love that, oh, man. and the CFL. Of course, man. Of course. Uh, Don't we, forget that. I never forget that. You know me, man. I, I'm big into the CFL. Uh, we would be remiss based on uh, how we promoted this, uh, that pigeon Graham Creech is not here. Uh, he bailed on us last minute, so we will do this without him. It might be better without him. We'll we'll, we'll see. But uh, we may lay the boots to him here a couple of times over the course of the show. But uh, glad you made the time for us, man. Yeah, I don't. You know kept your word. Cre- You're a Creech man. Of your word. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is what is the strike two for Creech now? I, exactly. yeah. I mean, the kids over there married with you know young ones. I yeah. Just, no, no sympathy over here, though. Yeah, the podcast has nope. to take priority. So, uh, yeah, you said he's 0-2. We may beat him with the next pitch. That's what that uh, that might look like. You got a new gig, man. You've uh, you've departed Faces Magazine. You're back at Bell Media. What's happening? Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's been a weird, uh, I guess, last couple months, but it's been good. It's been fun. It's, uh, you know, I enjoyed my time at Faces and things I, I learned there and the experience that was being able to write and do some more interviews and, and whatnot and, and do some sales work. So it was, a, it was fun to be there. And then uh, I ended up going back, like you said, now I'm back with Bell Media doing the Red Black Sidelines. So I'm still the sideline reporter for Red Blacks games. Nice. Uh, it's been a good couple of years for that. And I'm also right now uh, producing and helping out with CFRA and the Bill Carroll morning show right now. 
So we're getting our news from Bundai. You're you're the filter that our news is coming through now. That's a little well, dangerous, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Am I mainstream media? Am I rebel? Was it rebel news or yeah, whatever yeah. it is? Fake news. You could say what I, I will admit, though, Matt, since I've been at CFRA for a couple of weeks now, about a month now or so. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, I've picked up a lot on politics and news. I don't know if I like it. It's not no. my style. But no, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 certainly. I've learned a lot over the last couple of weeks, and it hasn't been about my job. It's been about what's going on in the world. The world right we now. live in right now. <laughs> Chris Johnston. I try to ignore it most days. Yeah. No, Chris Johnston over at Sportsnet, he always says that in the sports thing, uh, you're working in the toy store, right? You don't have to keep track of the real world. This is the fun world over here. So, uh, yeah, you're having to, to dip back and forth between both right now, man. I, I can't imagine. Uh, you know what we do around here and where we like to start? What are you sipping on today, man? Oh, oh, perfect. I was waiting for you to ask me, but uh, I know I've uh, brought them up before, uh, but Stray Dog, you know, Ooh, great yeah. spot out in Orleans, uh, some great IPAs, and they brought back uh, my one of my, my great favorites. It's a great summer beer, Matt. Uh, it's called the uh, Tropical Knockout. There's a nice pink flamingo on it. I've got a mug for it, too. It's perfect. It uh, it has like a summer vibe to it, but it's got it's like a nice strong IPA, but it's got a nice smooth taste. I, I love it. One of my favorite IPAs. So that's what I'm sipping on today, man. How about yourself? I like that. It's a tropical knockout and it's a topical knockout since we're about to talk about fights. Uh, nice. Uh, oh, over here. I got a couple things going on, and uh, the first one here, uh, there's two, because sometimes, man, sometimes the fights require two beers. So we got a couple things sitting here. The first one, uh, my buddy Matty brought this up uh, a week or so ago. He was helping me uh, helping me mark mark another birthday, right? And so he brought up the, uh, the ninth anniversary collection from Left Field Brewery down in Toronto. And they mm-hmm. make some great stuff, almost all of it baseball-themed, but... Uh, yeah, this was their ninth anniversary. It came in a quart, right? One of those big boy bottles. And uh, so I poured a pint of that. And uh, it is, um, they haven't really named it. They're just calling it the ninth anniversary collection. And But it's its a Belgian wheat beer. And you can definitely get some of that off it. It's kind of dry like a, a Belgian. It's kind of got that wheat thing to it. And it's almost got a little bit of that farmhouse saison flavor to it. Uh, it's kind of nice, okay. though. I think it's about 4.5%. Uh, it's kind of light, but, uh, but not too bad. And then, uh, sitting in behind it from the old flame brewing company out of Port Perry, which is one of my favorite spots down in, uh, in this neck of the woods there near the Kawarthas that, uh, they have a brunette and, uh, they name all of their beers. They're kind of fun as well after like old girlfriends, right? That's what the old flame is supposed to mean. So there's the, <laughs> there's the blonde, there's the brunette, there's the dirty blonde, there's the red, right? So, uh, that's kind of their naming scheme and it's pretty fun as well. So the brunette I've had a hundred times before. It's one of my favorites. So, uh, that one's going to be riding uh, shotgun here as well. Uh, as we probably may require, uh, may require two beers here, man. Look, we yeah, got, uh, go I ahead. I'll be against two beers ever. And I, I need to hit up this bar or this, uh, um, this brewery because, uh, it's pretty funny. That made me laugh there. And it's great stuff. Good, man. To know, good to know you're a brunette. Yes, so, exactly, man. I'm and, more blonde, but Hey, right. So We've all can... got our types, right. <laughs> with our beers, with our women, with, uh, however that goes. Um, <laughs> even if you just jump on their website or, uh, check them out on untapped, if people are on there, you can go through, they've got even some more in-depth former girlfriend names than that. And, uh, it, it's pretty funny the way they do things and it's a nice spot. It used to be, uh, uh, they took over a former post office. So it's like this really old building that they have now turned into this craft brewery. It's kind of a cool spot to sit down and just have a pint. And uh, every now and then they have bands in or whatever. Of course, you got to be down in Port Perry. But uh, it's if you're passing through, it's worth a stop. Yeah. Well, 
you know what? It doesn't sound like it's too, too far. So why right. not maybe have a road trip one day? You and me, we could maybe invite Creech. I don't sure. even know if we'll I know see. who Creech yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. A nice I, little beer run maybe one day. That's not too bad. Stop here at the cottage on the way back and pound them and then uh, crash for the night and keep going, right? Not too bad. So uh, look, man, UFC... 276. It's a good looking card. Lots to uh, to get into here. Um, why don't we start just briefly on one that's not going to happen. Lauren Murphy was going to take on Misha Tate. I think we've talked about these fighters before and like I'm a big Lauren Murphy fan. I, I think she's kind of fun to watch. They obviously had Misha here as the as the favorite but that fight has been postponed. It looks like it's going to take place on the next uh, fight night. I think it's like July 15th or 16th or something like that. Um but man, I, I look. I, they've got Misha as the favorite. She's been around for a while. She maybe is the bigger name. Um, but it sounds like it was a, a COVID thing for Lauren Murphy. I don't know if she actually had it or just was a close contact or exposed to it. Uh, but that fight's not going to happen. It kind of thinned out that pay per view card, man. But was that one that you had your eye on at all, or are you you not going to miss it because it's been replaced by uh, by Robbie Lawler's on the main card in 2022? But uh, are you going to miss this one at all? Um, I am because Robbie Lawler's on the main card and I'm always more of a Nick Diaz guy, but hey, <laughs> we, we won't, uh, we won't get into that, but no, sure. um, it, yeah, it's, it's weird because if you actually look at the, the main card and the prelims, there's no female fighters. It's no. just the two on the early prelims, which, uh, one I'm sure we'll talk about if you ask me anyways, because there's always the Facebook fights that you, you guys uh, make fun of me about, <laughs> but Macy Barber, like my girl, she's back. She's fighting Jessica. I, but like, like that's the second fight of the night. And that's the last time you're going to see, you know, women in the octagon for a bit. And it's just, it is kind of weird, but, uh, and yeah, like, uh, you know, I, I like Lauren Murphy as well. I think she's a, you know, a good fighter and I, I still, I would, I would side with Misha Tate, yeah. but I think that would have been a, just a real good fight. Like mm-hmm. that would have been a very good fight. Would have had me very much interested to see what would happen, you know, to either of those fighters. Uh, but mainly for Misha Tate, if she won, um, but if she lost as well, like I don't know, man. It would have been. I, I feel like it was a perfect fight for that card too, because it would be a sneaky fight of the night. Like I feel like it, everyone's talking about the title fights, yep. Sean O'Malley, and it was sitting there for fight of the night. I think so too, man. I think there was a possibility there for some fireworks and look, that'll be uh, an easy kind of reason to check into one of those uh, free fight night cards. Like I said, coming up in in mid-July to see that fight. Uh, I'm disappointed. Yeah, I was looking forward to seeing that, but there is no shortage of of good looking clashes on this card, even without that one. Uh, As you said, the, uh, you know, the women for whatever reason, I guess once you eliminated that one from the pay-per-view, it, it really thinned things out, and it's down to those 6 p.m. Uh, very early prelims. Not a lot of women's action on this card, but, man, there's some names here. There's some great-looking fights here. We got we got Cowboy Cerrone is on this card. Like I said, we got oh, Rob, man. Robbie Lawler is on this card. Um, all of it kind of as you work your way down. Let's start on the main card. You know how we kind of we do this. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of hand it back to you towards the end to pick out those prelims or Facebook fights that uh, <laughs> that you've got an eye on. But let's start on the main card right now because it is your boy. Sugar Sean O'Malley is uh, is going to do this again. He's going up against Pedro Munoz who, um, you know, Sean O'Malley has been calling out for a while. He wanted a top 10 opponent. He's got one here, but just barely as Munoz is ranked at number 10. But this is what um, O'Malley needs, right? He he needs to get into that top 10. He's made himself a star. He's made himself incredibly popular uh, very early on. You're one of those uh, those early adopters on the uh, the Sugar Sean 
uh, hype train. But uh, more and more people have been getting on as we've gone here. And yeah, he's going to get a shot at a, at a ranked guy here. And, and Munoz, he's kind of fighting for his life right now. He's had a couple of uh, rough fights coming into this. And he needs to put a stop to it as well. Both of these guys heavily motivated. What do you think of this one, man? Because I, I know Sugar Sean... We don't get through many fight shows without you bringing this guy up. You're you're a fan here. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I don't think he needs – like he's not, like you said, a ranked fighter until just right now. But um, like he's a guy too that – I don't know if he like has that – like I love him. Like you said, I've been on his bandwagon for a while. Ever since he got into the Dana White Contender Series, um, his knockouts, his style, he's got the Irish kind of tie to him. So, you know, it, it, that always attracts me right away. So – um, I've, I'm excited for him to kind of have a fight like this because I want to see him um, just get into some serious fights. I'm not, and I'm not going to hear, I'm not here to uh, totally crap on Munoz, but I like he shouldn't be in this octagon. He's going to, I have a bad feeling about like this, <laughs> this total fight for him. I don't know how the, like this is just a bad matchup for Munoz in general, but for, for Sean O'Malley, this is the last fight on his first contract. He's, but he's, he's had that, I'm not like, I don't care if I fight ranked opponents because I'm not getting paid to right now. Yeah. And he's brought up like that, but he also has kind of backtracked on that because he brings up the fact that the UFC is a platform for him to kind of stream who he is and make money and income, which he does with his live streaming, his clothing lines. He's flashy. He has a lot of fun. He's got a very good personality, but I just, I want to know more about the fighter. I need to see him against some like serious fights. Like yeah. he's getting a lot of these guys, Matt, and you know, it's like, he's his best fight. Um, they're all very short. He doesn't have a lot of these long, you know, grueling, tough matchups like Cheeto Vera. You know, that was a, you know, he got hurt his foot mm-hmm. and whatnot early in that first round. But other than that, like he's never really had a very good contest. He's a guy that it's kind of like Hamzat Shemaev was a couple months ago yeah. before he fought Garino Burns, right? Like it's a great that, example, yeah. Yeah, you need to see these guys, you know, fight and. Uh, this is one where, like I said, I'm not sure how Munoz is is you know feeling about this fight, but for for O'Malley, it's like, are, are is that what you're going to want though? Are you going to want to crack the uh, crack the top ten? Do you want to crack the top five? Do you want a title shot? Or are you just happy being a fighter? Kind of, you know, the, even another good comparison for O'Malley would be is you know Cowboy. Cowboy didn't care about the title for so long. He just wanted to fight. He would take short notice fights. He would just get in the octagon because sure, yeah. he just loves brawling, right? And it's like, you know you got to kind of find that kind of that inner fight in, in a guy. And to, for me in the Bantamweight division right now, that's kind of, it's got a lot moving on uh, going on right now, but it's also like, you know, for him, if he could put himself into that conversation, there's a lot of great matchups for him and it's going to be a great test, but I don't know if he wants that. I, I, I hate to question him. I'm very confident in him. I just, you know, you never know until you see him get into a real scrap. You know what is interesting to me, and, and you brought it up there a second ago, is is the guys that he have fought, has fought so far. He has made himself a star, right? He's got the the, the hair and the, the pink car and the like everything he's got going on. He's making himself a star, and then he gets in the octagon, and he's not fighting these top-end ranked guys. As he's kind of making his name, he's smashing everybody, and he's kind of making himself more valuable to the UFC as he does it, right? He's he's mm-hmm. he's one of those guys that, yeah, okay, you know what? If you don't want to feed me top guys and, and give me a real opportunity here, I'm going to keep winning, and I'm going to keep winning, and I'm going to keep building my personality and my brand. And now that this is the top or the uh, the final fight on this contract, 
I'm more valuable to you, right? I've got all these wins. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got this personality. I got this following. And especially now, if I go out there and I beat Pedro Munoz, uh, a top 10 guy who has a bit of a history. Yeah, he's fallen off a bit lately, but he's a talented guy. All of a sudden, you better sign me. Like, I've got some leverage here, and I think that's interesting. As far as the actual fight goes, look, I don't like the matchup for Munoz either. I think one of the things that people don't talk enough about with Sean O'Malley is how advanced his footwork is and how quick he is moving around and, and changing looks and, and things like that. If you're somebody like Pedro Munoz and you have more of that plodding, flat-footed style, you're going to get hurt. Like, you're going to get banged by that guy. And I don't like this matchup at all for Munoz. And I love this matchup. Like, whoever is doing the, the you know, picking those matchups for Sugar Sean O'Malley over the last year or so has done a terrific job. Who's They've been credible guys, even if they've been unranked guys. And he beats them all. Like, they're picking fights that get him wins. And to me... This is the first ranked guy he's faced, but this is another great matchup for him. Just stylistically, I, I think he's going to, I think this, I, I don't think this is particularly close. I think this is a Sean O'Malley fight. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm very much with you on just about everything. Like, like Pedro Munoz, like you said, he's a slow fighter. Yeah. Um, he just, and that's, it's the complete opposite to what Sean O'Malley is. He's, a guy that knows how to use his range. He gets in there quick, unloads a, a crazy kick or a nice boxing combo, you know, and then he gets out of there and like he throws shots. He doesn't want to wrestle. He doesn't want to play games. The only way I could see Munoz having somewhat of a chance in this match, because I always, you know, it's a fight and you mm -hmm. can always, there's always a way to oh, win. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, there's a always a way to chance. just find a yeah. way. Yeah. Exactly. I love it. And that's what I love about fighting. But if you go back to the one fight that did kind of stump Sean O'Malley, it was the Cheeto Vera fight where he took some leg kicks and, you know, was it that, you know, is that what, you know, kind of hurt his ankle or his foot was when he was trying to check a kick or when he, or was it when he threw a kick? So we weren't really sure, but either way it resulted in him taking a good couple of leg kicks and he didn't check them. And that's something that he has to know that if, you know, there's anything that Munoz is going to do, it's he's going to try and slow O'Malley down yes, with some leg kicks sure. and try and bother him. He has ankle issues. He has foot issues. We've seen it. It's, it's happened to him twice now. Um, he's been in the UFC since 2017, Sean O'Malley. And like I said, I love the guy, but you know, it, for, for me, it's he, you need to learn and grow as a fighter. So uh, for an ex kind of a more experienced and that, you know, seasoned fighter in Munoz, I could see him just being all about those leg kicks and trying yeah. to kind of take them apart. So, you know, if you're Munoz, you got to do it because that's the only way you're going to beat them. And for O'Malley, it's, are you going to be able to check them properly? Are you going to care about them? And part of me believed he probably didn't give the respect to Cheeto Vera that he did in that fight um, and didn't care about his leg kicks. But like I said, once you get into these fights with some of these more seasoned and smarter fighters, they're going to tag you and make you think again or yeah. think twice. You and care. it's going to change your game plan. So, Munoz here, like like I said, I don't think he has much of a chance. I've, I'm very confident in Sean O'Malley winning this one, uh, probably pretty early. I'm gonna, you know, I don't see how uh, unless you know for O'Malley he tries to just work on some things and go the distance. Like man, you know why not? But uh, I doubt it. I really do. So yeah, but I'm excited for it, and I'm excited to just see the future for O'Malley because uh, it'll say a lot about him once he's finished a fight. He gets on that mic. Who does he want? I'm sure Joe Rogan's going to be asking him. Like you said, the UFC is struggling with you know these budding stars yep. just not only you know in the octagon but outside the octagon he's got all the flashy knockouts like you said he's got the car he's got the hair he's got the m nice house the like he's got everything everything man. Oh, 
Yeah, yeah. Like he, he's, you know, he's having videos on his Instagram of him smoking a joint on his back porch. <laughs> and then, you know, the next week he's in the gym, like beating the shit out of a bag and just like showing like, it's like, he's a very interesting kind of guy and do, but the UFC needs stars. They're kind of lacking stars. Their biggest star right now hasn't really fought at all. And he's more of a mouthpiece in, in Conor McGregor, John Jones. Yep. He's always in trouble legally. Like yep. they need to kind of develop guys that are just stars. That's it's, they've got a lot of big names and, and guys that you want to go watch, but you know, Israel Adesanya had a chance. I thought maybe, um, when he went for that lightweight, uh, you know, light heavyweight belt. But I, I feel like he, when he lost, he kind of came back down a step and it's like, now he's kind of yeah, working. His way, him. Yeah. Yeah. And Francis Ngano is, is doing a great job, but he, I also think he needs to fight more right now. He's yep. hasn't fought a lot in the last couple of years. And, you know, now well, I know he's had, dealing with an injury, but well, we had I think John Blahovich, right? Like this is all yeah. of these guys are terrific fighters, but when English isn't your first language, sometimes you struggle a little bit too, right. To make yourself that, that star, yeah. right. I, that's a, that's a part of this. And we had Piotr Jan fighting in a main event, not too long. Who's an extremely ex- uh, exciting guy, but um, now it's it's Glover Teixeira and it's Prohoshka and and what like all of them incredible fighters. But if you want to make somebody a star, you have an opportunity here with Sean O'Malley that you can put his face on anything. You can put him on on TV and know he's going to talk and and be entertaining. There, there's an opportunity here to turn this guy into something, and uh, I, all of that, of course, hinges on uh, a big win here on Saturday night. And I think this this is a huge turning point for both of these fighters, right? Whether or not uh, Sean O'Malley gets to take that step to the next level or whether Pedro Munoz goes, no, I'm still here. Like, I'm still relevant. I, I still want to get pushed back up these rankings a little bit. I'm not ready to fall out right now. So there's a lot on the line in this fight, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We got, uh, I don't know, you got it in front of you there. Robbie Lawler was not supposed to be on the main card. Uh, he was down on the prelims, like I said, with Cowboy Cerrone, with a couple of these names. The guys have been around forever. Um, but all of a sudden when, uh, that Misha Tate, Lauren Murphy fight falls apart, they have to, to juggle things a little bit. I don't have a ton here, honestly, because I didn't do much research on the prelims. That's why I always hand that to you, but this one's now on the main card. Uh, Robbie Lawler is on the card. Yeah. Brian Barberina. He's, right. uh, you know, got a great beard. Uh, so I'm, I'm automatically <laughs> cheering for him. Uh, but, uh, he's also a guy that's had a very, you know, interesting kind of up and down little run of the UFC, um, Barberina. And, you know, he's, so he's a big guy and he likes to wrestle, but, uh, I, I'm excited to see, um, how he gets in there and against Robbie Lawler, like the name is cool. And I'm kind of crapping on him for no reason. I don't hate him, but um, <laughs> you know, I just, uh, I just, I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's like you said, the Lauren Murphy card kind of uh, fight didn't happen. So it kind of came off the card. I wasn't sure what they were going to do. If they were going to move somebody, I thought maybe they'd move Ian Gary up, yes. but, uh, I, but they didn't. So it kind of surprised me a bit, but he's um, facing Gabe Green. that's going to be a great fight on the prelims. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. There's a lot of good prelims, man. I'm yeah, telling I know. You, but, uh, but yeah, so it's just like, uh, I was kind of surprised to see this fight get pushed up there. Um, when it's it comes to, name, right. Yeah. But, uh, you know, this is, a, this is also a fight too, where it's just kind of like, uh, it just doesn't have much sex to feel to me. Like, it's just filler. Yeah. It's, 
Yeah, and I don't, and I just, just something it's like it's like a dirty fight. I just don't like it. I don't care. Right. Um, I'm excited to see what Robbie Lawler can do, right? Because you know he's you know still battling pretty good, and he's 40 years old now. But you know before his win over Nick Diaz, the guy was struggling to yes. get a win. Yep. You know, he, he I think he lost a couple, three or four in a row. Um, and you know some big time fights like he did lose against Colby Covington and uh, RDA. So mm-hmm. there was a couple there. But uh, yeah, now if he wins this fight, what what does this mean? For him next, uh, I'm not sure, but if I was to kind of side with one, I'm going to go with uh, Barbarina because I just like his beard and I really don't care that much about the fight. I'm totally with you there, so I will side with you on this show. We're all about the beards, <laughs> so uh, so we'll just move this one on to the next one. And uh, and Barbarina is the, is the TCA pick here, so uh, we'll move on, man. This one's interesting: Alex Pereira versus Sean Strickland. And um, look, this is an interesting one stylistically because. Um, Strickland is on, I believe, a six or seven fight win streak, but he's right now the underdog. And part of that is Pareda coming in and sort of as this kickboxer, uh, his first couple of wins have been impressive here and he hits hard. Um, you know, stylistically, I think this is an interesting matchup because I think on their feet, both guys can throw him a bit, but you would make Pareda, uh, Pareda the, the favorite but if it got to the ground, I think Strickland can beat the shit out of them. One of the things, though, that is interesting is Strickland struggles to get people to the ground. Once you're on the ground, he would dominate this fight. But his takedowns aren't great. If you go back and you look at the numbers on his takedown uh, attempts and and you know his ability to get guys there, he's got to get you up against the cage. He's got to find a way to lay in that trip and then bring you down. Something like that. And you get tagged doing that against Pareda because he's such a good striker. He's got the kicks. He's got the punches. He's got all of it. And that's going to be the interesting part of this matchup is, at least to me, who gets what they want here? Can Pareda force him to stay uh, stay up and, and, and kind of box with him and fight with him? In which case, I think Pareda's got the huge advantage. Or can, can Strickland get this to the ground where... I don't think there's any question he would be the better fighter, even as the underdog. Six or seven wins in a row. I mean, he's a slight underdog, but I don't know, man. How do you see this one? Because that's sort of my take on how this one shakes loose. Yeah, well, if you'd look at the takedown defense and, and takedown averages, so Sean Strickland averages 1.16 takedown uh, takedowns a fight, and his takedown defense is 61.54% on uh, just defending. So yeah. if you think you look over at Pereira, Oh, he's got zero and zero because he hasn't been taken <laughs> yeah. down. Uh, if if that's what like Sean Strickland is a smart fighter, like you said, he's won a good couple in a row here now. Pereira is this new kind of shiny toy, but I feel like the and you know you know it's all been out there is you know he's the guy that's beaten Izzy Adesanya twice. So In depending on how things yeah. go. Yeah, and kickboxing, not in MMA, but he's right. the only, you know, other than, uh, you know, Proshka, or not Proshka, um, I'm blanking on the name, uh, Bukovic. Uh, oh, Blahovic. Yeah, yeah, I'm Blahovic. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's the only guy to beat um, Adesanya. You know, he beat him twice, so it's kind of a interesting kind of style to it. But he was well, and this is probably for the next shot, right? And we'll get to Adesanya later, but if he wins, yeah, the winner of this fight is probably getting the next title shot. Exactly. And, and, but the other thing too is I know Sean Strickland, like you said, he's 
on a very big win streak right now with, you know, six in a row, but it, he's the guy too, that's right there for a title shot in a, in a middleweight division where there's not a lot going on. So yeah. like you said, this is a big fight and I don't feel like there's enough around, uh, uh I saw him Strickland right now, giving him the respect. Like, you know, he's got the boring fighting style, right? That's, he does. I yes. guess the thing he's got, you know, he's only has during his six wins, he's only got two knockouts and yeah. they were in the second round, one, both of them a little bit later, but, um, you know, he went the distance and was mainly split in unanimous decisions. Like he's a guy that knows how to win. He's not sexy, but he's going to get there. And I actually think he'd have a, if, you know, how things go, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm cheering for Cannonier this weekend, but he's a guy that I think would have a very, very good chance to kind of throw off Adesanya's game a bit too. So, hmm. you know, there's not, I don't feel like enough respect around Eddie, uh, you know, uh, Sean Strickland right now. And for Pereira, like you, uh, like I brought up earlier, he's the new toy that's just kind of there. And it's like, you just, everyone wants that fight to be set up between him and Izzy again, just to see what would happen the third time in MMA. And it's like, for a guy like, uh, you know, Pereira, if he loses, it's like, okay, now who do you fight next? You're yeah. unranked. Your appeal is to fight against a guy like Adesanya. So it's like he's kind of just like a new toy that's sitting there. I feel like he's kind of just there and he's kind of like a decoy. And, you know, if, you know, Adesanya continues to win and he continues to win, it, it, it's an easy matchup to set up. But I really do think that Strickland's right there in the top of the middleweight division and he's looking for a title shot. I think he deserves one. So I think it's going to be a lot closer. I'm, I'm actually siding with the guy with Sean Strickland. You'll get my prediction just right now because I'm talking about it, but I actually think Strickland wins this fight and it kind of sucks because I do want to see that, you know, uh, Pereira versus uh, Adesanya matchup, but I also don't really care because it's kind of like that good looking girl that's walking by while you have your, you know, your arm around your girlfriend, but you're still look and it's like oh it looks sure. nice but you also have something good right next to you so yeah, yeah. i kind of feel like it's sitting there but i don't know much about it and i don't really care about it uh, i kind of more about the here and now and that's why i think strickland's gonna win this fight and Pereira, i just i don't know like like you said i haven't seen him you know deal with takedowns so i just i have a feeling that strickland is a smarter fighter here and more experienced in the ufc so i think he's gonna you know do a good job of winning this fight I think uh, for me, yeah, it, it's interesting. I think Pareda, I think as you've laid out, he's the shiny new toy. And if he wins here, it's probably by some sort of spectacular knockout in like the first or second round. And at that point, you can see why they would book him versus Adesanya next if Saturday night goes the way we all think it would. Because there's fireworks there. You mentioned the history between the two of them. Uh, it's a guy who's capable of landing a spectacular finish. There are reasons to do that fight that that even if he hasn't been here long enough and really built up the reputation to deserve it, the UFC would go ahead and, and give Pareda the title shot there next. Do you think that Strickland, if he wins, and you know, you, you referenced it correctly, you know, he's got that kind of boring fighting style. He's not quite the same personality. There isn't a history there. If he wins, do you think it's quite like is it as black and white that he would get the next shot? Yeah, I think 100%. Like I said, I don't know uh, why he wouldn't, right? You look at the guys that are sitting there, Whitaker, okay, Cannoneer, if he wins, okay. You know, like then he wins. If he loses, he kind of goes back into the ladder. But Strickland's sitting there at number four. You know, Brunson's there at five. But, you know, I don't – I, I don't know where he is right yeah, now. I don't think Costa, you keep again. going yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. You keep, you keep going down. There's no real fight there. And I'm assuming if, you know, we look at Pereira and he does win, I'm sure he'll crack a, a rank, um, 
this next go about. But at the end of the day, like, I, you know, there's not much in that middleweight division right no, now. For, and he's cleaned it out, right? Like, yeah. So like, that's why like, like I'm a big fan of kill a gorilla. So I, I am hoping he wins this one, but uh, I'm not sure. But either way for Sean Strickland, like I said, I think matchup wise, he's got that strong wrestling takedown ability. And I don't know why he wouldn't get that next title shot. So I, I believe he was, and I believe he'll get it because, you know, unless something crazy happens here, uh, I think he, he absolutely is the most deserving out of anybody in that top, you know, 10. Let's move to the co-main event here because uh, one of the last times that we did this with uh, with you and Creech, we talked about the state of this featherweight division with Alexander Volkanovsky on top, Max Holloway, and then everybody else, right? It's kind of two guys, then a gap, and then everyone else. And it has played out that way. And we sort of suggested then, are they really going to do Holloway versus Volkanovsky again because we've already seen it twice and frankly Volkanovsky has won both times now there are those out there who would tell you he didn't right some would say it's actually one and one some would tell you depending on your you know your passion level for the guy that maybe Max Holloway should be two and oh but when you let this go to the judges it happened it's so close like I, I don't feel like any of these the fact that Volkanovsky has won the first two, I don't feel like it's a highway robbery or it's completely crazy or whatever, but it has gone to the judges and, you know, they've they've been arguable. So we're running it back again. We are going to see this a third time, like we talked about the last time that, uh, that you're on there. Um, I wonder what you think the difference might be this time, or if at all, because both of these guys, since the last time they fought, have remained on a tear. They've kind of gone out and, and beaten up whoever they've had to here. I guess you could make the argument that in his last fight, Max Holloway against Yadier Rodriguez, I didn't think he was quite as sharp as he had been in previous fights, and maybe that version of Max Holloway can't beat Volkanovski, but at his best... He can beat Volkanovski. This is an interesting co-main event, man. What do you think? Yeah, I know, and you know it's funny because you know, I, like you said, there's so much take on those for those first two fights. Great fights too, and yeah, you know, it's uh, you know, I, I, like I've been became a big fan of Volkanovski over the years, but just watching him fight. But I, I love the way he fights. I love this kind of passion. He's kind of got that you know GSP feel to him, where he just always kind of says the right things, and he's kind of a, just that respectful champion, right? He just kind of yeah. goes out there it's and fights, and I feel like. Yeah. No, and he tries to a little bit. A little it, bit. It it's not. Yeah, there. and it doesn't. Yeah, I, I kind of chuckle because I don't take it seriously because right. I kind of know it's probably him just trying to sell more fights. Yeah. But um, you know that first fight, I thought you know it, it was absolutely Volkanovski. I thought like it, there was so much that happened in that fight, but I think that the way that Volkanovski took the first fight, like I, I had him winning that one, no doubt. That was that was I think he absolutely beat Holloway in that first fight and right. it was great. Second fight, I, I believe it was super super close. Yeah. If you want to tell me Max Holloway won, I won't say no. But he also didn't get to that point where he absolutely won and beat the champion, right? And yeah, the judges need I, you to make it obvious that you have yeah. dethroned the champ, and he didn't. Yeah. yeah. 
And if you're and, and if you're not, listen to Dana White and just don't let the judges decide these yep. fights, right? So yep. because a lot of the times it, they'll get it wrong, and they'll make mistakes. And I love that we're starting to see judges scorecards a lot more often now. Yes. So you can see, and I like that we saw it in the NHL award voting. I thought it was pretty cool to see that you know who voted for your boy Austin Matthews as the Hart Trophy winner. I like how we can see Did scorecards. You, can, 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 can I stop you here for a second because you brought it up <laughs> and you knew I wasn't going to be able to slide by it. Uh, uh, someone yeah. took the time to do the breakdown. If you had only awarded the Hart Trophy based on just Quebec-based voters, would you like to take a stab at who was the MVP winner if you went on just Quebec-based voters? Oh, man, I don't even know if I want to, but I'll just go with uh, Shusterkin. Jonathan Huberdeau and uh, mm. Austin Matthews finishes fourth in Quebec for uh, yeah. Completely impartial, completely reasonable voting there. No, you're right, though. When you start to force judges, and I, this is one of the reasons we've talked so many times or heard so many times about would you want to move to live voting, right? Where fighters know going into the fourth or fifth round, hey, I'm down. Hey, I, you know, I got to get this going. I like the idea, as you've said, that you have to show your work. But you're right. When you talk about uh, this fight, keeps going to the judges and it can't happen again right like this i i fully expect to be honest with you this fight will go to the judges this is a five round fight these guys are that evenly close you can't shove a or that evenly matched you can't shove a piece of paper in between them um it's it's been that close but if that happens again i don't know if holloway can win it and if he does are we not just back here in three months doing it again can you sell this a fourth time like i i think i think volkanovsky wants to move on i've beaten this guy twice i guess it wasn't decisive enough and and holloway did go away and win two more fights to get back and get the shot again so he's he's there right like he's earned another shot at this but if he loses the third time he's done he doesn't get another shot at the title until volkanovsky loses it Whereas if he does beat Volkanovski this time, Volkanovski deserves a rematch and we're going to try and sell this fight a fourth time. Hmm. Uh, you know, I, I could go back and forth on that because I, I, you know what, maybe if it is a great fight, like it was last time, it goes the distance, it's a pick em, you know, and it does come down to say, you know, Volkanovski winning again. I, you know, why not have another one of those fights? At Give this point, we're time. just running a best to seven, aren't we? Like, <laughs> oh, well, yeah, but like, why not? Right. Like it's, you know, I agree with you. It's nice to face some new opponents. And, you know, right now there is some guys in that featherweight division that are starting to creep their way up. Guys like Arnold Allen, yeah. my man, Bryce Mitchell, who I've, you know, he's probably my other favorite fighter other than Sugar Shaw. You've Mali, mentioned him a couple times. Yeah. He's got the camo shorts. He's just an Arkansas kid and he loves the fight, man. I love it. Like, yeah, he's just, he's just a vibe. And and so like, there is some guys that are young up and coming. So if this fight uh, goes towards uh, Volkanovsky, I can see him, you know, you know, having a stab at one of these younger, exciting guys that are coming up right next and, you know, maybe take some time to figure it out because he has beaten guys like Ortega already. And, you know, there's just, there's not a lot sitting there for him right now. But at the same time, I think there's time for some of these guys to move up. Guys like Arnold Allen, I think, would probably get that next chance if he can, you know, pull a big win here. And, you know, if it's Holloway winning, I could see there being a fourth fight almost instantly. But you're like, a hardcore really guy. Could. Like, you're into this stuff. For the more casual fan, can the UFC sell this a fourth time? That's the problem, right? Like, 
if it's a great fight, maybe you can, and, and fight fans will go, yeah, let's run it back. Let's see it again. But we've already talked about how thin this division is, and you're right, there's some names coming. But I, I struggle to believe that the UFC can sell this for a fourth time this quickly. Yeah, I mean, I'm cur- I'd be curious to see. Like, it's like it's one more too, and I, you know, I'm actually kind of on the side where I, I have a feeling that this isn't going the distance. This really? Fight. Okay. I, I, yeah. I, I like I said, both these guys are hungry, right? Volkanovski yep. kind of had something to prove. I know he went on and he ended up winning anyways, but I feel like he wanted to make sure he could prove he can get a knockout, so he did that against the Korean Zombie, right? Because yep. you look at some of his fights, a guy right? who never had, gets knocked out. No, and it's it's funny because like I we're we're I'm kind of picking apart of Volkanovski right now, but you know he's a guy that hasn't lost since 2013. Now, yep. what were you doing in 2013, <laughs> man? Like that guy hasn't lost in, against some uh, some guy. It was Chad Nelson, I think. Is well, his and name. wasn't that loss at welterweight? And, like he's come down sure. multiple classes since then. Like yeah, and and all he's done is win 21 fights in a row. Yeah, like, it's not it's bad. Just, eh? Yeah, no, but it's like, you know, he, there's always, like I said, he's kind of like that GSP where he doesn't get the love. Oh, he, you know, he's a boring fighter. He just, he's a points fighter and, and whatnot, right? He, he kind of took that. And so did GSP. Yep. He kind of took that, you know, he's a boring fighter. He just takes you down and he, you know, he does, you know, he's not down to box and blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, it was good for him to get that knockout against, you know, the Korean zombie to kind of, all right, like I do have some power, but you know, you look at it from Max Holloway, like this is a guy that, you know, he's strung together some uh, knockouts before. And, you know, he's a guy that has a lot of that star power that you can get in there and, and you could do it. He had a, you know, a four round, uh, four fight streak where he would knock out Pettis, Aldo, Aldo and Brian Ortega. Like this is a guy that he can do that. And yeah. I feel like he knows since then, like that was 2018, his last knockout. It's something that he probably wants to make sure he could do. Um, the one thing I'd be worried about is, you know, for um, Alexander Volkanovsky, you know, it show he's a very, very smart fighter, and I could guarantee he's going to want to try and take down Max Holloway a yes. lot. So it's going to be an interesting fight because both sides are, I think, are hungry to prove to each other. Because as much as uh, Holloway's lost both those fights, you know, we've heard Volkanovski, you know, hear about both fights where you know what, maybe you didn't win, yeah, but you know what, he's that would champion. make you crazy, right? I've beaten this guy twice, yeah. and nobody's buying it. People are saying maybe he's one and one, maybe he's. 2-0? and oh? uh, Yeah, no, you're right. He's got pressure here, too. I want to make a point here. I can beat this guy, and I can make it decisive. I just think they're so close. I, I To me, this yeah. has back to the, the judges' scorecards written all over it again. I, I'm fascinated to hear you see that differently, so if you're going to put a stamp on it, somebody's finishing somebody, who's it going to be, man? Yeah, I, I, I'm leaning towards Volkanovski. I just... I. I you know, ever since, you know, watching him fight a couple of years back and seeing how good he fights and just how sneaky good he was and how I thought he's just, he's fun in the octagon. I, you know, I don't find it boring, but you know, when it's, when he fought Chad Mendez, I was like, okay, this guy's got some power and he's sneaky good right now. No one's really talking about him. Then he had the win against Aldo. Then he beat Holloway twice. Then he beat Ortega, the Korean zombie. Like those are some big time fights yeah. and fighters. Like, you know, even if he did, you know, win those fights to Holloway, you know, he still has some good wins right there and would have had some close fights. It'd be the same conversation the other way, but I just like the way that he fights. And, you know, for Max Holloway, I do believe he can get emotional in the octagon and it might've resulted in why he lost the first fight, you know, thinking that he won it and had to get your confident, but I didn't think he was very good in that first fight. Like he, he had a good round and he, you know, it was a close, close fight, but I still think that it was four one for, um, for Volkanovsky. So yeah, it's going to be fun. I think that uh, I'm going to go, 
I'm going to pick my man, uh, Volkanovski, but I, you know, I think it's going to be good. Like no matter what, I, you know, I just watched Den of Thieves as well with Max Holloway in it. Michael Bisping's in it. There's a couple fighters, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, it's one where, uh, I'm, I'm curious to see Holloway kind of come back after a couple losses and, you know, two big wins. It's like, all right, like time to prove you the champ again. Yeah, no, uh, I'm with you. It's going to be a great fight. I, I, I just, I'm looking forward to it. This is one I won't miss, but I do fully expect. Honestly, I, I think we're going to end up on the judges' scorecards again. So uh, I like that. I like when there's a little difference in opinions uh, and uh, in where we're headed here. Why don't we move on to the main event, man? Because this is a good looking fight. You've referenced a couple times the Killer Gorilla, Jared Cannonier. He's getting a crack at the title. He's 38 years old. He's full value for this. He has earned his way into a title shot, but he better make good here because it could be his last. I believe this is also his first title shot, right? So he's looking, he's hungry. He needs to make something happen here, but he's going against one of the guys that is now being talked about as, you know, maybe pound for pound. You know, we get into that conversation, Usman and and some of these other guys, best in the UFC Adesanya is very close to cementing himself in that position, and and you referenced earlier the idea that Adesanya went up, fought Jan Blahovich at light heavyweight, and kind of got dummied a little bit, got thrown around a little bit, and got outpowered a little bit. And I know why they did it. You want to, you know, it's a couple big names. You can sell some fights that way, but you hurt the guy in his own division, right? You took a little bit of that shine off of him. Now, he has come back down, and he continues to win and, and has a long winning streak in this division. But he does also have that loss now because you made him go up and fight at that weight class. Um, this is an interesting matchup, man. I, I think Cannoneer is going to come with power, uh, but Adesanya is maybe the most advanced striker in the UFC in terms of changing angles, changing levels, uh, moving around and making it incredibly difficult to to get a hold of them, and um, I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm really interested in this. You you've obviously got a a bit of a a buzz for for Cannoneer. What are you seeing in this one? Yeah. I- I don't want to, you know, be a Debbie Downer here, Matt, but do you have a pillow ready? Because I have a feeling this is going to be a bit of a snooze fest. Really? And okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and, it's, it, and it kind of goes back to like these two fighters are very, very similar and very patient counter striking guys. Yeah, that's and right. And it, it's going to be one where, you know, you know, you brought up Cannonier and yeah, I've always loved to kill a girl. I think he's a great fighter. <laughs> and I think that I wish you know, he had his career kind of sticking in this middleweight division. He kind of was up in the light heavyweights. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't really feeling it very well. But to sit in the, the middleweight division, I think he's been very good here. Um, you know, he kind of got called out by Adesanya a couple of years ago. Uh, um, and well, he's also Whitaker. said, though, right, like he, Izzy has said a few times, because he's, he's now fought two in a row against guys he's already beaten. He's cleaned out this division as well. And he has said, yeah. Cannoneer's the dark horse. Like, keep an eye on this guy. Yeah. He's coming. He's coming. So, you're right. He's called him out a couple times, but also been pretty respectful of him, saying you guys aren't paying enough attention to Jared Cannoneer. Yeah, no, for sure. And I thought that, you know, when he was asked after uh, one of his wins, I can't remember which card it was, but um, I, I think it was against Paulo Costa. Um, he just said, you know, I, I'm, you know, 
you know, Jared Cannonier, if you win tonight, I'm pretty sure it was that fight against Robert Whitaker. Right. You know, you'll be getting the next title shot. He didn't win that fight. He lost that fight. Yeah. And he kind of bro- he broke his arm early in the round one, um, you know, checking a kick, blocking a kick from Oof. Whitaker yeah. and finished the fight. But, you know, he didn't end up getting that win. But it was kind of like, hey, like he kind of saw that chance. And I don't want to say he choked, but, you know, it, you know, he didn't win that fight. Yep. You know, he's had a battle back with some big wins against Kevin Gastelum and Derek Brunson. And uh, now he's in a spot where, OK, like you're going up against Adesanya, but you're also, you know, you're, you're they're kind of both counter striking, slow, strategic fighters that are kind of going to have that boring kind of fight where it's kind of going to go back to when Adesanya, you know, fought Paulo Costa. And it was just kind of like, man, this sucked. Like this fight was kind of boring. <laughs> or Yoel Romero, where it was just like, you know, uh, the, everybody was expecting Romero to kind of go in and take his head off. And, you know, they kind of just hung out. And, and Adesanya said at the end, well, you know, you're mad at me for fighting boring. Why am I going to fight to make this guy better? So yeah. for these two, I'm just curious, like, who's going to be the one that kind of put, bring the aggressiveness? Because both of that kind of second strike, kind of slow fight. So I don't know, man. And I, I want and I'm, I'm hoping for a Jared Cannonier win because I think it throws a lot of wrenches into like this division especially what what happens to um adesanya if he does lose and Pereira wins do they is that the next fight that they see does adesanya take some time off to do whatever he wants to do like there's a lot around this division in this fight um just to kind of be like okay like if you know cannonier loses uh loses it's kind of like all right well who is he going to fight next? And is it Pereira or is it someone else? Like I said, it's kind of a, a division where we don't really know what's going to happen next. And like I said, I, I do believe that Sean Strickland deserves that title shot if he can win that fight. But if he loses, it's also like, okay, well, what the heck is going on in the middleweight division? There's not a lot going on right now. And it kind of sucks. So, um, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm not feeling it. I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm going to be cheering for the killer gorilla, but I do believe Adesanya is going to win this fight. Yeah. This is why I like having you on, man. You, you have different takes. You got like kind of a, a view on this. I, I, I kind of feel like for me, I, I think, I think Adesanya, and I think we agree on at least this much overall is the better fighter, but styles make yeah. fights, right? That's what happens here. I kind of feel like Cannoneer has a round, maybe two, where he'd better finish Adesanya. And that's not easy. Like, he's going to have to get in, and and I'm not saying that's likely, but I think if Adesanya is able to, like, the deeper into this we get, whether it ends up getting finished or going to the judges' scorecards, I think especially once you hit those championship rounds, I think that means probably that uh, the Cannoneers missed his chance. And I think Adesanya has, you know, survived his best shots at... And part of that's age and conditioning and these sorts of things. But, man, Izzy's just so good, right? Like, he's just so good right now. And I, I think Cannoneer has a puncher's chance, uh, you know, in the first and, and maybe second round. But if we get any deeper than that, I think it's probably over. Uh, I think is the better fighter. And this isn't that dissimilar to what we just talked about in the featherweight division between Volkanovski and, uh, and Holloway because... Um, there are some other guys in that middleweight division with Adesanya, but he's beaten them, right? Like he just keeps beating up everybody. And after, like, if he wins this one, I guess we're just circling back. We're going to have a bunch of do-overs. Like there's not a lot coming right now. Uh, anybody who's sort of on the up and come and, and maybe is getting themselves closer still needs at least one or two more fights before they get a title shot. Uh, Outside of, like you said, 
this Strickland Pareda fight. Um, but he's sort of we've seen it, right? We've seen it all outside of mm-hmm. of those ones, and so it's sort of ah, like a. I don't know what you got, like a double-edged sword. It's awesome to have a champion that this that's this dominant. But once he beats everybody once, you're sort of like, all right, I guess we just run it back and and see if he can beat everybody again. Like once you've cleaned out that division, uh, there's not a lot left. And that was part of the reason they let him fight Jan Blahovich, right? It, there was mm-hmm. there wasn't an obvious contender there in the middleweight division for him. So all right, go up to light heavyweight, see what happens. And he got his bell rung, and and that happens sometimes. But now you come back down and. Yeah, I think this is an interesting fight, and if Jared Cannonier doesn't get it done this time, I don't know what's next for Izzy uh, outside of, like you said, it'll be that Pareda Strickland winner. And then, I don't know, I guess you just start running it back, right? Yeah, no, and and for Jared Cannonier, like like you said, you brought up the the championship rounds. He's only been in one fight that's gone five rounds, and you looked at Adesanya. You know, five of his last seven fights have gone the distance. So it's a guy that's got the cardio, and I'm not here to say that Cannonier doesn't, but it's just this is going to be a test for him. Is yes. you know, do you try and end this early, or how are you going to be looking? How are you going to be feeling? Where's your stamina? Where's your cardio in that third and like you said, fourth and fifth championship rounds? Like how are you? feeling like he's gone to the distance a couple a bunch of times yeah but he's also a guy that has that knockout power um you know he's had you know wins against adesanya he has uh, sorry against uh anderson silva yeah. you know jack Manson. like yeah. he's got some knockout wins you know Derek brunson was a you know a good fight for him where he showed he does have that power but you know is he gonna be a nervous is how is he gonna fight are you gonna be aggressive like i am very curious to see for him if he loses you know he goes right back into that pool of you know, who's going to fight next and, you know, who's going to be the, you know, the guy that's fighting for that next chance, um, maybe at the title. But if uh, you're at Asanya there, like I said, uh, you know, I think it's Strickland or we're going to see Pereira maybe get that call up. But I also, you know, I, I really do believe Strickland's going to win. So I think this will be an interesting fight. And yeah, like I said, it might be slow and boring, but it's interesting. And the storyline is nothing worse than two counter punchers, right? Like two guys yeah, waiting for someone really, else really, to make that yeah. first push. So, uh, all right, let's get your prediction here, then, ma'am. Who do you like? What, how do you see this going down? Yeah, so uh, like I said, I'm going to be cheering here for the killer gorilla. I think that he has a chance if he's aggressive to kind of take the fight to Adesanya and use some of that experience against you know the bigger and heavier fighters that he has uh, to kind of be able to kind of take him down. You know, maybe get into some of that wrestling, but uh, go at him. Uh, maybe he could use that, the, that that power he has to maybe finish and you know you know knock a good shot on Adesanya. But I do believe Adesanya is just a better fighter, like you said. Uh, we can both agree he's better. So I do think he takes it and probably in distance because he is a smart fighter and I don't I don't think he's going to get himself in trouble against a guy like Cannonier. Yeah, I, to me, Izzy's going to finish this one way or another in round three or four is sort of how I see that playing out. But. Uh... You know, I don't. I wouldn't mind if I was wrong. I wouldn't mind seeing something spectacular to Cannoneer there in round one or two, and and we'll see. Before we ask you for your kind of deep cuts that we do on this show, we heard you crack something there a few minutes ago. Is the same one, something new, something different? What do we got going on there now on the beer front? Oh, I just opened up another Stray Dog Shaggin' Wagon, their IPA. Um, I wonder where I went shopping last. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Shaggin' Wagon, man, that's a nice beer. Yeah, and a nice IPA, one of the kind of first IPAs, you know, Kitchissippi, Stony Monday. Um, you can go do aromatherapy from Beyond the Pale as well. Um, Goose Island, like those were some of the early IPAs that yeah. really, you know, wrote me in. It was Goose Island IPA that really kind of kick-started that for me. Um, 
and then you know getting into some of like i said the stony mondays um that was a big one it, you know it was shagging wagon was sitting right there as well um and so it's now on my yeah one of my second ipa and excited what All do you right. got going on i heard you crack one too yeah that was the uh the one i mentioned there that's the brunette old flame as we uh as we moved into the second one here so uh you know not a statement at all on uh, on the X's I may have that I went with the brunette second, anything like that. It's it's just the luck of the draw, right? So uh, love yeah. Old Flames. Good stuff. People should check that out. Uh, listen, uh, we always ask you, man, you've got the deep cuts when it comes to the formerly known as Facebook fights uh, that used to come on before the prelims. On For people who aren't familiar with that, if you're newer to the MMA game, you know, on, on TSN, on ESPN, whatever it is, on Fox, they would always have kind of the prelim fights from sort of 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. before the actual pay-per-view. But before that, there were even more prelims that used to only be broadcast on Facebook, and the, they were known as the Facebook fights. And and somehow, Bunda, Bunda knows everything. Bunda knows everybody from the main event all the way down to the the very first fight on the Facebook uh, on the Facebook card, even though it's no longer hosted on Facebook. What's standing out to you on the prelims, whether it be very early or right up to the uh, the bridge of the the pay per view? What do you what do you got eyes on? Man, and it's silly, but like the early prelims, dude, they're like they're a great card. Uriah like, Hall is on yeah, the early prelims. This is right. Nuts. Like, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. you look at it, like Jessica Rose Clark, like yes. um, one of the cutest like fighters out there, but just so fun. <laughs> yeah, she's a good striker. She's fun to watch in the octagon. But you know, she starts off the night and it's like, okay, um, Jessica, I, Macy Barber, Macy Barber, also like. Like, I love how aggressive and kind of crazy she is. She just always wants to fight. You know, she dealt with a bad injury in the octagon. She lost her first fight back. She's won two in a row. She's exciting. She's mean. She's aggressive. Dana White says all she does is bug him to fight more. Yeah. I just love that. I love when you got a fighter that just wants to fight like that. It's, yeah, who's it's awesome. And yeah, then you got Uriah Hall versus Andre uh, Muniz. It's like, okay, that's a pretty good early prelims already. Just that's a main event on a like fight night card right like that's a good yeah. fight man yeah you, you're literally just one and, and honestly if you mix in one of the prelim fights like jim miller or donald cerrone yeah and you put that early prelims card together yeah you're looking at uh, you know a fight night a couple of right. years ago or whatever so you know donald cowboy cerrone is you know a, what a couple fights away from having i love that guy you know, just still out there crashing and banging right like whatever i'm still here yeah, and you know his fight. He was supposed to try and get one going twice. Now it got canceled, and you know he really wanted to fight, and I like how he tried. But um, you know, fighting Jim Miller on short notice, and you know he's like, I've already cut weight. You know, why not keep it and you know have the fight? So sure. I love. The, he also I know loves International Fight Week. He said it in the past it's one of his favorite times. But yeah, that, you know that's a fight. But the other big fight I'm looking at is my man Ian Gary nine and zero going up against Gabe Green. That's going to be you know, Gabe Green's. Yeah, he's got some power too for Ian Gary. You know, his first fight, he almost got knocked out. Then he battled back. He had the crazy knockout at the end of the fight. And then the second uh, fight, you know, he ended up going the distance, but he made sure he got the win. Gabe Green, you know, he was just dealing with, a, you know, a tough loss. But, you know, he's another guy that, uh, you know, had a tough loss against Rodriguez. Yeah, then he had back to back, you know, he had a knock in the second round. And this is a guy that could have some power. And, you know, he's you know, going up against a bigger uh, guy. And, 
Vinnie or Ian Gary, but for a guy that uh, I'm, I'm curious to see him on the mic too, if he gets the win, Ian Gary, because he talks about, you know, being that next Conor McGregor yeah. or, you know, quoting Conor McGregor or Michael Bisping, you know, go out there and have a great quote. So I hope he wins this yeah, fight. He's got no short of the confidence, eh? Like, no, no, he's and he's a guy too that could have some stardom power. Just I think like so, yeah. Conor McGregor, right? He's he's you know fun. He can be, but start throwing out your own quotes. Get a big win here against a guy like Gabe Green. You know, it'll it'll really help you out a lot. So that's another great fight that I'm looking forward to. Other than that, yeah, that's it. I think I just gave you four. But yeah, no, man, you've you've covered some ground here, and th- this is interesting, right? Like the the UFC's sort of undergone a bit of a a facelift or a bit of a change throughout the pandemic. And I, people had bigger things on their mind. Not everybody had the um, disposable income to throw down on these pay-per-views or, or Bundas, as I call them, Bundas links of questionable legality uh, to watch some of these fights, right? Look, this is for my money. I understand that there's no Conor McGregor. There's no Diaz. There's some of the, there's no John Jones, right? Some of the big mainstream names aren't here. But over the last two years, throughout the pandemic, we've seen a change. We've seen these new guys come up. This is a deep card, man, from top to bottom. We talked, you, you know, mentioned there, the the formerly Facebook fights that has that women's fight on. It has Uriah Hall on it. Like, this is top to bottom, as deep of a card. If you like fights and you've sort of fallen off the UFC a little bit over the last few years or, you know, circumstances have gotten in the way and you haven't necessarily caught as much as you used to, this is a night to pay attention because it's not just the main card on pay-per-view. It's the free stuff from top to bottom. This is as deep of a card as I can remember in quite a long time, man. I don't know where you're on that, at on that, but I, man, that's, it's not necessarily the star power. There are stars, but this is deep, right? This will be great fights top to bottom. Yeah, no, it's up there. And, you know, I would like it. Imagine it did have Lauren Murphy, Misha Tate sitting there still. Like, that would have just, you know, added so much to it. Like, I was excited for that fight. Like you said, it's a deep fight. But like I said, it is International Fight Week. So this is one, the one kind of card they always tried to go a little bit harder on. I'm sure they would have liked to have a guy like Nganu fighting because he is that kind of big star right now for them um, in in this fight. But, you know, Adesanya is right there as well. And Volkanovski, it's great. You have some you know potential like new guys like i said there's a lot of great storylines for guys like sean o'malley ian gary um you know if if not stars now potential stars up and down this card yeah exactly and that's what you need you need to kind of cultivate that you know excitement level and you know for guys like an ian gary like if he wins this fight and convincing he's going to get a ranking and there's going to be that more hype does he get on the mic and does he say something that gets the fans going right uh, has a big quote you know even if you're a guy like donald cerrone if he gets this win against jim miller is you know is he going to run off of the sunset Yeah, and it's like, but if he, you know, is he yeah. going to retire, leave his gloves in the octagon? Right. Or is he going to try and, and, you know, continue for another fight? It's like, it's who knows right there. And, you know, then, like I said, for Sean O'Malley, is he a guy that's going to get on the mic and say, you know, give me a contender, give me some ranked opponents, give me Cheeto Vera, I don't know, what does he say? Is he a guy that I don't care, you know, I just won. Does he lose to Munoz and, right. you know, get exposed somehow? Yeah. Like, there's, there's that there. And, like I said, there's the Pereira-Strickland angle of who gets that next middleweight shot. And if Pereira loses is you know what the heck is next for him anyways and you know like i said you got the there's so much drawn into this this card storylines and excitement that this is a, like a great card to have for international fight week i yeah. love it it's on a hinge right there's turning points up and down the card that change the 
division. If this guy wins, you know, status quo, if this guy wins, totally changes everything, not just in the title fights, but also in uh, in some of the earlier ones. Matt, this has been fun. I always have a blast talking fights with you, man. You know your shit top to bottom uh, and, and often have uh, kind of a more insightful take on, on some of these fights. Um, this is a blast, man. I'm, I'm glad you did it. Let the people know uh, the social media handles uh, and uh, and what you're up to. Yeah, Steve Bunda ninety one uh, on Instagram, Twitter, uh, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, and just yeah, like I said, I'm kind of uh, just doing my thing at TSN twelve hundred with the Red Blacks game sideline reporting, uh, watching some fights and getting back into some Red Sox baseball. I know you don't like that at all, Matt, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm getting ready. I'm excited. Uh, know to just kind of chill i, I kind of baseball is hard for me to get into super seriously when you have the hockey playoffs the nba playoffs yeah. and yeah. so much going on you know a lot of the first two months or you know two or three months are just exciting but it's also like okay well you know this is you know summer ball is the big time yes, so that's right. i'm excited for that to, and to get into that so yeah and just getting ready it's almost time for the buccaneers and uh tampa bay to to get going with uh <laughs> You know, the Gronk retires for now. Is he coming back? He's not done, is he? Oh, man. I, I don't know. I saw the storyline, too, where Tom Brady retired for 40 days. <laughs> That's right. Um, and he came out and, you know, here comes Gronk. And he made the joke that, yeah, I'm going to get you now, too. Right. Maybe he did that just 44 days until <laughs> training camp. Like, is that a storyline? I don't believe it. I, I do personally believe he probably just doesn't want to go through a long season. You know, he played the first year kind of getting into shape again. But he played the full year and he didn't get hurt. But he had the shorter training camp. He came out of retirement. He had to forfeit a WWE championship, I believe. Exactly. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. But uh, then last year you saw he got injured a good couple times. And it's like, you know, he knows his body well. And I'm sure he'd say, you know what, give me the first six weeks off. I'll see you in October. Yeah. Yeah, see you in October, November. Get ready for that kind of you know, back half of the stretch, you know, he's got the chemistry with Tom. He's a proven guy. He's one of the, one of the best tight ends of all time. So I don't know. I, I, I think he comes back at some point this year, no matter what I don't, I'm not buying it. I think there's a probably like 80% chance he's, he's coming back. So either way, I'm, I'm excited for the NFL. It's, it's my, it's my baby. And then the Bucks. you know, it's relevancy for one more year with Tommy back behind the, you know, behind the center. So I don't I'm excited. know. I don't know if you and I talked about it. I, I was all about it on Twitter. There was no chance Tom Brady was retiring on Instagram. That was not happening. I, I know no. he posted it. I know I'm done. No. He was always coming back, in my opinion. The 40-day thing. I know all the jokes, all the memes are out there, right? That, wow, 40 days at home with the kids. Fuck it. I'm going back to work, right? Like, whatever mm-hmm. that looks like. I don't know. Uh, if I was married to the woman he's married to, how anxious I'd be to leave and, and go back to work. But uh, Giselle is, you know, maybe she's demanding at home, right? Maybe she's got him doing the cooking and cleaning or something. I don't know. But Did you say maybe or did your mic cut out? I think, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, who demanding. knows what that looks like, right? But uh, there was no chance to me that was the end of Tom Brady. Tom Brady's career does not end with a shitty Instagram post. And so... He was coming back, and there he is, back for another year. Keeps Tampa as a as a contender, keeps Tampa relevant. And when he does do the real retirement, I, it'll be I don't know, like sold out Boston Garden or something, right? Like mm-hmm. a major press conference. It wasn't an Instagram type of retirement. That's not how Tom Brady goes out, in my opinion. So yeah, that that'll keep things interesting in Tampa Bay. I think. 
the yeah, city of no, champions I mean, now, right? Like, oh, well, I guess not really anymore. Well, but. not really. The lightning just went down, and and the, but lead coming into this year, man, Tampa was winning everything. The Rays were always competitive. Uh, yeah. Obviously, the Bucks get it done, and and uh, and the Lightning back to back champs. But uh, yeah, maybe maybe the Empire is crumbling. Champa Bay is crumbling, I think. But exactly. yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm excited for the NFL season. I love it, and yeah, I'm just I'm excited for some more big time UFC cards. There's some bigger you know cards coming later yes. on this year that I'm always excited for. August is going to be a big card, but yeah, and baseball, working, hanging out at Red Blacks games. So yeah, what about you? What do you got going on? Man, we're uh, at this point. This is episode nine eight three. We're sort of starting to okay, getting close to a thousand, right? What are we gonna do? How are we gonna shake that loose? Uh, but at the same time, man, over the summer, I'm kind of one of those guys that likes to disappear to the lake if I can. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's we're trying to balance a few things here and and see what's gonna go on with that. But uh, yeah, you know what, man, it's. It's always good, right? This this was fun. This was I, I like that I'm able to. You said it. August is another great looking card, man. We'll uh, we'll try and do something in person and and uh, and get you and back in studio and and maybe we'll reach out to the pigeon there and 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 see if he can <laughs> possibly squeeze us into his busy schedule. Yeah, <laughs> it's great, man. I, I honestly I, I appreciate the fact that uh, that when I come knocking, you're always there to talk uh, to talk fights and and craft beers, man. Longtime friend of the show, we. Uh, appreciate everything you bring yeah man well if you're gonna ask me to talk fights or sports and have beer well that's pretty much what i like to do just at any point at any the whole vibe of the show right i'd be doing this anyway might as well put a microphone on so yeah don't ask me about (laughs) any more politics i I get enough of that at work right not interested either right it's just not worth it right now things are too uh too crazy so uh we'll wind this one down here man thank you so much for making the time as you always do like i said we appreciate uh you fitting us in Uh, i know you've got an early start in the morning as you do these crazy morning shows now uh i am equal parts envious of your ability to do it but like mourning the fact that like i could i couldn't possibly do it like i feel for you a little bit right so yeah it's it's not easy i grew up on a farm though matt so i've uh always been an early, early riser starts, no matter, the way to go yeah. yeah even if i don't want to i didn't have much of a choice and yeah you know if i was sick or tired or you know hung over none of it mattered because the horses still need to get fed right so uh yeah that's uh kind of how i've always been i've been able to get up early in the morning but well, my old man day, he's a construction guy and so okay. you know the job sites they start up early he used to tell me all the time it's like 5 30 5 45 is the best part of the day and i would just glare at him like what in the blue fuck are you talking about this is the worst part <laughs> of the day i can't yeah. and like there were times you know we had a nice family cottage and on sunday afternoon it was too gorgeous no one wanted to head home so we'd spend the night and again yeah you could to be back in the city in time to get anything done on Monday morning, you were up at some ungodly hour. My dad would be happy to have the radio on. Like he's doing fine. Everyone else just, this sucks. <laughs> like I hate this. So, some yeah. people have a man. Some people don't. Yeah, no, it's like I said, it's, it's not easy, but you get used to it. You deal with it. You nap when you can. And I don't know. You just, uh, you pretend that you're not a zombie, but <laughs> right. you really are. <laughs> That's right. Uh, appreciate you making the time, as always, my man. And uh, and we'll wind this one down here. We'll put uh, we'll put Bunda's social media handles in the show notes, which you can find at talkinaudio.com or wherever you're hearing us right now on your podcast app. Uh, UFC 276 goes Saturday night. And uh, if you're into such things, make sure you follow him 
at Steve Bunda 91. Make sure you follow us at Tall Can Audio. We're usually trading tweets, although sometimes we kind of forget about the audience, just end up trading private messages. But uh, but we'll we'll have takes on the fights going on on Saturday. So give us a follow there, uh, Bunda. As always, man, appreciate you making the time. Thank you so much. Oh man, thank you. Um, love when you give me the call and say let's go. Um, and see you, Creech. Yeah, peace out, Creech. You may have been left behind here, man. Uh, with that, we'll wind this one down for Bunda. My name's Matt. We'll catch you all next time on Talk and Audio. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun, but now the time has come to go. If this Silcon was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! <laughs> <laughs> Ugh.